Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey guys, just wanted to give you a quick heads up that this bonus podcast was recorded before the tragic events in Barcelona earlier this week. So I just wanted to say on behalf of everyone at the Front Free that our thoughts are with the victims, their families and friends, and Barcelona. It's Saturday, which means it's time for another Front 3 bonus podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, that's right, we're back again. Uh, just a few weeks after the first bonus podcast of the season on Neymar's move to PSG. We had a great response to that podcast. Thank you so much for all your kind words on Twitter. Uh, it's very much appreciated. The reviews as well on iTunes, including from Princess P22 from the USA, who said, I really enjoyed the Neymar Transfer Saga bonus podcast with the journalist and the professor. It was very informative and intriguing. I really appreciated tying the importance of this transfer to what is going on in the political world. So thank you very much for five-star review princess p22 if you're enjoying the bonus podcast guys please do rate and review the front free all you have to do is click on the link in the description of this very podcast give us a rating out five give us a little review on itunes it's very much appreciated it helps new listeners find the front three which means we can produce more podcasts for you better podcasts as well so everyone wins in the end um we're back again today actually to talk about barcelona it's a barcelona themed podcast once again i think we'd all agree the club are in a very interesting moment, let's say, right now. If not a full-blown crisis, then it's certainly a period of difficulty. You know, this is a club who, just a few short years ago under Pep Guardiola, Barcelona were the best club side in the world, if not one of the best club sides of all time. The all-conquering team featuring Carlos Puyol, Xavi, Messi swept not only La Liga domestically, but also the Champions League as well. They were unstoppable. They then transitioned with Guardiola leaving and Luis Enrique succeeding him at the club, bringing in Neymar to form the famous front three, which inspired the name of this very podcast to win the treble and maintain their dominance of Europe. But right now the club find themselves in an interesting transitional moment once again, which they've sort of been dealing with for the past couple of seasons. And I think it's fair to say that they haven't managed it particularly well. Of course, as we spoke about in the previous bonus podcast, Neymar, who was seen as the future of the club, has left for PSG. And many fans are now questioning the strategy and the direction of the club under the leadership of the current board and the club's president, Josep Bartomeu. So we invited Francesc Tomas from the Barcelona podcast onto 
the front three. Not only is Francesc a Barcelona fan who was born in the city and is a club member, but he's also a writer who was previously ESPN's Barcelona correspondent and was also featured on The Guardian. Right now, Francesc runs Barca Blog as well as the Barcelona podcast with his co-host Dan Hilton, which I have to say is a must for any Barcelona fan and those who want to get not only true fan opinions on the club, but also journalistic insight into the club i do highly recommend you go and check it out the link is in the description of this podcast so without further ado here's me and francesc talking barcelona and the current situation at the catalan club francesc thomas welcome to the front free fantastic to have uh, the opportunity to talk to you thank you for having us here um it is a pleasure the pleasure is all ours so great to have you here to talk your club barcelona francesc Hasn't been a great few weeks for the club, I think it's fair to say. First off, losing Neymar, their superstar, the heir to Messi's throne, to PSG in a world record transfer deal. The board now coming under increasing pressure and their great rivals, Real Madrid, of course, who are not only the best side in the world right now, but who completely outclassed Barcelona over two legs in the Supercopa final. A growing sense now of a club, Barcelona in crisis, Francesc. I would say there is some sort of crisis going on. Obviously, the situation is not as brilliant as it has been in in our recent past. Let's not forget that we're now at five Champions League in our history, um, a good number of them in the last 20 years. Um, It wasn't so long ago that we had Xavi, Iniesta, Puyol, Dani Alves blessing our team. Obviously, that little number 10 from Argentina that people may know the name of is also pretty good himself. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's a little bit sad to see how the current situation is far less optimistic as it was, say, five years ago. But, um, you know, we're not that far from Real Madrid in terms of squad. Definitely in terms of squad depth, we are. But I would say our first 11 is not that far at all. Obviously, we are disappointed that Neymar decided to chase money. And he can say it's a new challenge, blah, 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 blah. But it's, it's all about money. Uh, so he decided to go to Paris to earn some more um, euros in there, which, you know, is a choice that we have to respect. But as I said, it's about money, not a challenge, because if I want a challenge, I don't necessarily need to go to Paris. I could have gone to the British Premiership. I could have gone to the Bundesliga. But no, he decided to go to France. So money. Yeah, remember that word, money. Um, so, yeah, basically, it is it is a shame that he's left. Um, the board are now deciding to reinvest the money and they're chasing players that could fit the bill. Obviously, Dembele seems to be our number one priority at this moment in time. Personally, I would have thought Dybala would have been the best choice, but he's already said that he's not moving from Juventus this summer. Griezmann from Atletico Madrid could have been another option, but he's being faithful to the club, which is something that the vast majority of players would do, being faithful to the club that gave him a chance. And, um, you know, maybe next summer uh, is a different story. So at this moment in time, Dembele, I think, is the one that we are chasing in order to cover that gap in our front three. And uh, the rest of the team seems okay. Um, we've got, you know, world-class players such as Iniesta, Rakitic, Piquet, Umtiti, I would say. Obviously, Jordi Alba as well. Um, we've invested heavily this summer to get a new right-back. There was talk of um, Bellerin from Arsenal, but that didn't come to fruition for several reasons. And uh, we've got Nelson Semedo from Benfica, who, you know, hasn't been starting many games so far, but he's adapting to a new environment, a new city, a new club. And uh, we have high hopes of his performances. So although the situation at the club is not great, I would say our first 11 
can beat any team in the world at any given day. You put in a good spin on it, Francesc. I'll give you that. I like your positivity. But uh, let's go back to that Neymar move for just a second to get your thoughts. I mean, this is an embarrassment for Barcelona, isn't it? For one of the game's new emerging powers to swoop in and take one of Barcelona's superstars from under their noses against their will. This is a black eye for Barcelona. How could this happen? It's a whole story that comes, I would say, from many, many years. Um, let's not forget that Qatar Airways, investors, you know, just the brand Qatar that obviously now own the World Cup that, that's coming up soon, um, invested heavily in Barca as soon as Sandro Rossell um, became president. Um, it was a relatively controversial slash not very wanted move in the, in the Catalan capital, but um, it did happen. We were paid several millions of euros and um, throughout a, a variety of years. And that was successful. You know, Qatar never really got on with the Camno fan base. Um, it just didn't gel because we don't stand for the same values. But, you know, while the money was there, we had to put up with it. This summer, Qatar has stopped funding Barca and they moved their, their powers elsewhere. Um, as you probably know, uh, Rakuten, the Chinese giant, has, um, you know, become a main sponsor. Now, Qatar had, had a relationship with Messi, Suarez, Iniesta, and all of the stars for many years, but they seem to have a much deeper relationship with Neymar. And uh, his move to PSG, I would say, has been pretty much brewing for a good year. Obviously, last summer, Neymar tried to move. If you, if you remember, two years ago, there were many rumors of Neymar actually joining Manchester United at the time. So what Neymar has done in the last two, three years is pretty much force a renewal um, by suggesting that he would move if, if that wasn't offered. Um, this summer, considering the amount of money that um, PSG were offering, Barca had no, they had no answer. They couldn't really match that. You know, in terms of sort of muscle, we could have done it. But then again, you're not going to have Neymar in a club getting paid more than Messi. And if you raise Neymar's salary, then Messi's going to follow. And then you will have Luis Suarez asking the very next minute. And then you've got Iniesta, Busquets, and it will just be unsustainable. So as much as, you know, Neymar can publish videos on Instagram and say, you know, the, lo the love of football and, you know, my dad didn't want me to go and all that nonsense, we all know why he left. Um, and that's got a Euro sign all over it. But, you know, people are... People are free to make their choices, and if that's what he wants to do, then then fair enough, you know. But there's no need to hide the actual truth in our in our eyes. So, for us as a club now, it's obviously he's in my eyes in the top three of uh, footballers in the world. And um, if you move sort of move along three or four years, he probably would have been the world's best the moment that Messi starts sort of easing off a little bit. Not because he wants to, but because of fitness and age. So um, it is it is a huge blow to lose him. But um, that's a personal choice. We can't do anything about it. And what we need to do as a club is reinvest the money in the best possible way. Obviously, Dembele, Coutinho have been mentioned um, and see what happens. But, you know, we haven't had much room for maneuver because let's not forget Neymar left with three weeks to go in the transfer window. And if you look historically at the signings that Barca has made, uh, in week one of the transfer window, we've acquired players such as Henri, David Villa, Rivaldo even. Um, so it is difficult to, um, to to find someone in the market that can replace him because there isn't anybody. But um, I think what we need to do as a club is to work on squad depth and re-strengthen the team differently rather than just looking for a pure 
sort of left right winger that there isn't there isn't one so it, it are, there are difficult times but there are many different sort of choices to make and uh we really do hope that the board um they get it right this time well that's just it i mean you say you hope that they get it right this time but do you have any faith francesc that they will the club's transfer strategy in recent seasons has been erratic, to say the least. A number of high-profile signings that simply haven't worked. And now the signing of Paulinho, which I think it's fair to say hasn't gone down too well in Catalonia. What have you made of the club's transfer activity over the past few seasons? And do you have any trust in the board to spend this Neymar money wisely in the current market? In, in short, the answer is no. I have very little faith on, on the current board being able to turn things around in terms of signings. Um, as you mentioned, uh, the the signings in the last two, three years, um, beyond Luis Suarez, who obviously is outstanding, haven't really been very good at all. And um, what the board has done, they've invested quite heavily on players that were not going to make the first 11. You know, Alcácer, as you mentioned, um, we had sort of high hopes that he was going to perform and become sort of a Pedro-esque um, super sub. That didn't happen. Um, we've got um, Gomez from last summer that should have made an impact and release sort of, say, Iniesta or Rakitic, a little bit of pressure in that respect. Didn't happen. Arda Turan has been horrendous in the last couple of years. He's added next to nothing and he's taken a lot of money over our club in terms of wages. And, uh, you know, the list, the list is pretty much endless. I would say Suarez and Umtiti, signed last summer from, from the French League, are the only two signings that are worth remembering in the last, three, say, three, four years. Um, we, we don't necessarily have faith on the current board to turn things around. Um, you know, even a little bit of common sense would have been, you know, once you've got the Neymar money, you know, you continue to pressure to, to bring Dembele or Coutinho or any of the other players that I mentioned earlier. But, you know, you just don't go and buy Paulinho from the Chinese league for 40 million because, um, you know, understandably, the fan base is never going to be behind you with that. Um, you know, full respect to whoever scouted him. And, you know, I would be thrilled to be incredibly wrong and having to eat my words. But this signing has failure written all over it. This is a guy that four years ago was not even good enough for Tottenham and you know, full respect for Tottenham for everything they do in recent years but he wasn't good enough for Tottenham at his peak so at 29 years old coming back to Barca I, it's you know words really do scare me I don't really know what the thinking behind it is but um, there we go that's, that's life that's life <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's especially difficult to understand when earlier this week Blaise Matuidi moved to Juventus for what essentially is half a Paulinho, eighteen million pounds. I mean, are there any on the pitch justifications that you can see for the board signing Paulinho? Perhaps as a defensive-minded player in midfield, he'll offer some cover to a sometimes exposed Barcelona defence. I would say he's been brought up to. Um sort of give Busquets some rest at given times. Um, you know, they're different players, but Paulinho has a shade of his game, which is sort of more defensive. And uh, Busquets, let's face it, is irreplaceable. He's one of the best holding midfielders in the world, and he has been for many years. And uh, for Barca, he's the ideal player. He really understands um, having gone through La Masia system as, you know, throughout his career from the age of 12 when he joined us um, he understands what our mechanisms are how to open up the pitch how to balance how to hold possession whenever it's needed how to look for sort of support and collaborate around the middle of the pitch but also whenever you know long passes need to be made he's ready to do that as well he's outstanding but he cannot play every single game so giving him rest 
uh, I think is the only thing in that could have brought Paulinho to the camp. No, but having said that, Sergi Samper is a player that has been you know, with us from age six years old. He started at Prevenjamines, which is the you know under sevens team. And um, because Paulinho has been signed, he has been pretty much not released, but he's been told he has he hasn't got a number this season, and he needs to look for his you know for his career for his future elsewhere and find a team within the next ten days. Which, to be honest, is not a way to treat someone that's given so much um, for so many years to the club. But um, that's what the board decides to do. Then that's what the board decides to do. We as fans, all we can do is you know, stomp our feet and, and look super angry about it. And, uh, you know, there's been hashtags going on on Twitter and all that. But um, ultimately, it's the club members, which I'm proud to be one, uh, that have to decide whether we want the board to stay or not. Uh, there is a vote de censura, which is a vote of no confidence coming up on the 1st of September. And um, according to Benedito, who's the pre-candidate that's sort of pretty much got 16,000 signatures in order to to make that happen. So um, there's pretty much turmoil all around the club. Um, it would be really interesting to see what happens and whether or not that, you know, adverse situation off the pitch does, does affect our team. Um, I think it probably will. But um, then again, I'd rather have this happening at the early stages of the season than, say, March, April, May, when titles are actually decided. So um, as you mentioned at the start, I don't know if it's a crisis, but it's definitely not the happiest that we've been at the camp. Mm, is this the answer then, Frances? We're talking about a club without strategy, a club without direction, the opposition to the board, that momentum is growing now, as you say, with this potential vote of no confidence against the board and specifically the club's president, Josep Bartomeu. Is this the way forward? Is this how things get fixed at Barcelona, forcing out the current club hierarchy and finding a new direction under new leadership? I think in the long term, it will. Um, but then again, we can't forget that Barca is a club that is not an SA, it's not a Sociedad Anonima, which means it's not a club that is owned by anybody. You know, there's no one major corporation that owns the club at all. The club belongs to its to his members, um, similarly to Athletic Bilbao and similarly to Real Madrid as well. They're the only three clubs in Spain that are actually owned by the ticket holders, uh, the, the co-sources club members. And, um, you know, I can only sort of express my own opinion. I think the board has been inefficient for many, many years, not just in terms of signings, but in terms of philosophy, in terms of heart. Uh, players from La Masia, which is a world-renowned academy that has produced, you know, Guardiola, Amor, um, Pedro Busquets, Xavi, Puyol, Messi, etc. throughout the years. Um, hasn't necessarily been given the continuity that it should have been given. Players like Sergi Roberto, players like um, Alagna, Carlos Alagna, Carolina, Barca B team, players like Samper, players like, say, Grimaldo even, who had to leave to, to Benfica a couple of seasons ago. Those players would have been hugely valid and should be valid for our team. But um, signing players at, at 29 years old for 40 million that are going to take the place makes no sense at all. So unless the board magically has some sort of the tooth fairy or some sort of magical kingdom person coming and telling them to change their ways, I don't think they ever will. So the club members need to decide what the future should be. I, for one, am certain that they're not going to be any good for the club in the future, but I can only decide that myself. There's over 100,000 of us, so let's put it to a vote and decide what needs to happen. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com. And remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Do you think that's the biggest risk? With this board, with the current direction of the club then, the Barcelona are a club in danger of losing their identity. The club has always been known for producing some of the best talent in the world through La Masia, through their youth setup. Uh, of course, the all-conquering Guardiola side of just a few years ago uh, was comprised of Gerard Piquet, Sergio Busquets, Xavi, Lionel Messi, all graduates of that system. And yet now we're in a situation where you'd argue there's only one La Masia prospect, Sergio Roberto, who's really competing for a place in that starting eleven in this current side. We've seen a number of promising Barcelona stars leave the club in recent years in search of more opportunities. Thiago Alcantara, of course, who moved to Bayern Munich just a few years ago. Mark Bartra, more recently, who joined Borussia Dortmund. Do you think there is a danger, Francesc, of Barcelona losing their identity in that sense? Yeah, I think from what the board is doing, definitely, without a doubt. But um, the, the whole of the fan base, the vast majority of the fan base, know exactly what needs to be done. You know, we just don't have one sort of focal person, one representative that seems to be pushing that at club level. Um, there are rumors that once Gerard Piquet retires, he wants to become the club president. And with Xavi as the first team manager, you know, with Carlos Puyol working as um, sporting director. So that will be a mixture that would definitely get the things done. But uh, obviously, we're some years away from that still. And uh, in the meantime, we just need to get someone that can that can turn things around at ball level so that managers such as Valverde or whoever comes after him can actually get the job done on the pitch, which is what truly matters. You know, that, let's not forget that Barca is a club that has every single year uh, winning all three major trophies. So La Liga, La Copa and definitely the Champions League um, is the target. It's a yearly target. And um, it doesn't matter who's in the squad. That is what we need to get every year. And obviously, the pressure is on. You've got Messi um, in the team, you know, with that caliber of player and that sort of um, key person to push everyone else forward. You cannot have any aspirations that are lesser than that. So winning everything is our target every year. And you need the board to be supporting that. You need the, the board to be sort of providing enough teammates and enough quality and enough structure and in a way tranquility as well off the pitch in order to get the job done on the pitch so it's not the great moment right now but um, it can be turned around hopefully soon 
Well, it certainly doesn't help Frances. Barcelona's great rivals, Real Madrid, being in this great moment right now. Last season, winning the league once again, becoming the first side to win back-to-back Champions League titles as well. The comparison is especially unfavourable given how dominant Real Madrid were in the Supercopa over two legs in the past week. Given the reports about Marco Asensio that Barcelona missed out on signing the new Spanish sensation for just €5 million after haggling over the fee. As Gerard Piquet said, after the Supercopa, Barcelona feel inferior to Real Madrid for the first time in his time at the club. Uh, And yet Real Madrid were a side whose approach, whose strategy was being questioned and criticised over recent years. There's clearly been a change in approach at the club, Francesc. We're talking about what's been going wrong for Barcelona. What's been going right for Real Madrid? There is a sentence that I used in the previous episode of the Barcelona podcast, um, which sums it up quite well. It's that Madrid are doing Barca better than Barca are. Madrid have been signing local talent, um, obviously all over Spain, for a number of years now. So players like Asensio, you got Vallejo, um, Jesse didn't quite work out because obviously he's been loaned out now, but he could have done. And many players like Teo, for example, bringing him in from Atletico Madrid. Um, it's he's going to be back up to Marcelo this year, but who knows by the end of the season where we're going to be. Dani Ceballos from Betis, that Barca was in as well. So they seem to be signing local talent for a for for building for the future, you know. And that is something that Barca has done traditionally, and they haven't been doing very well lately. Uh, beyond that, you've obviously got the starters um, in a way, in a galactico way that they used to, well, they have been doing for the last 10, 15 years, basically investing loads of money. They've got Ronaldo, obviously, but they've got um, Gareth Bale. Then Modric and Cross were not really that expensive, but they worked out to be fantastic players on themselves. Marcelo, obviously Sergio Ramos, who was signed for quite a lot of money at the time. It was 27 million euros from Sevilla, um, has been outstanding. He's the team captain. He's what, you know, he's the face. He's, he's sort of the franchise player, as they would say in the NBA. And... Um, that's 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 where they are, you know. Um, I can't be happy for them because obviously my roots are from Barcelona. I was born in Barcelona when Maradona was excelling before our club. So, you know, I can never say that they are fantastic, but they're pretty good right now. Um, I would say in a way they are the finished product. Let's not forget that um, they have been preparing during the preseason for the European Super Cup and they seem to have gotten to the Spanish Super Cup in better form than Barca but uh, that's not to say that when February and March comes um, after Valverde has in a way fixed our team has imposed his style his personality um, conveyed his message in the best possible way to his players that's not to say that we can we can beat them you know on a one-to-one basis we definitely can do it Uh, let's not forget we won at the Bernabeu last year and, um, you know, we have what it takes. It's just last season, for example, we weren't consistent playing against teams such as Malaga, Deportivo, you know, teams in the, say, Bordeaux-Mich part of the, of the table. That's where we lost the league last year. So if we are consistent every single game, uh, we can definitely go to Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, Sevilla, etc., and get a positive result. So uh, although they are doing very well, congratulations to them, I think we're not really that that far at all. As well as comparing Real Madrid and Barcelona, of course, we like to compare. As well as comparing Real Madrid and Barcelona, we can't help but compare their two superstars, Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi, the debate that never dies, Francesc. But Ronaldo is the man on top in recent seasons. He's enjoyed great individual and team success over the past two campaigns. He's now equaled Lionel Messi's 
a total of Champions League titles on four. And I think it's fair to say he's nailed on to win the Ballon d'Or in January, which would bring him level, which would equal Lionel Messi's record of five Ballon d'Or titles. I can't help but wonder, if you put yourself in Messi's shoes right now, what are you thinking, Francesc? Uh, you're looking at your rival Ronaldo take all the honours. One of your good friends, Neymar, has left the club. The board are trying to get me to sign a new contract, but they seem to have no idea what they're doing. If I'm Lionel Messi, I'm thinking, okay, this doesn't really work for me anymore. I'm not winning the titles that I need to win in order to be even in contention for the Ballon d'Or. Maybe it's time to give my old friend Peppering get the band back together in Manchester. It could do, but um, then again, he's a player that joined us at age 13 and has gone throughout the whole system. He has been going through the La Masia system, which means not just playing football and kicking a ball around, but also in terms of values, in terms of belonging, in terms of sort of being faithful and loyal. Um, he's been raised in a completely different way. I mean, Neymar, as, as you know, frustrated as we can before him leaving, we signed him from a lot of money from his home club in Santos in Brazil. And now he's left us for a lot of more money to go somewhere else. So in a way, you know, that's that's life. That's the way he wants to pan it out. But um, if Messi wanted to leave, he could have done it already. You know, if you paid 222 million for Neymar, I don't think there's anybody out there who doesn't think that Qatar actually tried it with Messi first. You know, and uh, if you know that Guardiola is a Manchester City, I don't think anyone out there can think that Guardiola hasn't rung and said, actually, Leo over you're the best ever come and play for us that, that certainly has happened you know and we can really be blind about it it's just that Messi's uh, loyalty Messi's willingness and Messi's sort of belief from the moment he joined us at age 13 was to succeed here he has been really successful um, with Iniesta and Dani Alves actually he's the most successful club and Xavi of course um, he's the most successful player in our history uh, I think he's going 27 collective titles so without a doubt he wants he wants to stay here. You know, I think if, if you're not in, in his skin, it's hard to understand. But, you know, being part of what he has been part of and he still is part of is beyond um, a board being inefficient. It's beyond having an offer to get paid a little bit more elsewhere. I think his loyalty lies with us. And uh, I think he will eventually leave us. But when he does leave us, he'll be 38 and he'll be going to newest old boys in Argentina. You know, um, and that that's he's always said that's his dream and to, to give something back to the country that um, saw him being born. So that's where we are right now. And um, I, re I really do hope I'm never wrong with that one. I don't think I will be. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's finish up then by talking about your hopes for the season ahead. Of course, La Liga campaign kicks off this weekend. What are your thoughts on the new manager, Ernesto Valverde? Do you think he's got what it takes to get the best out of this squad and achieve success this season, albeit with transfers expected before the window closes? There is no reason to doubt that Valverde is going to get the best of the squad. He has been successful at Atletico Bilbao. He had a spell in Greece as well with Olympiacos, and uh, he was successful there as well. So there is no reason to, to doubt him at all. Um, back in the 1980s, from I think it was eight, 1988 to 1990, Valverde actually played for Barca under Johan Cruyff, and um, he understands the club really well. Um, there is something that you know, it may be lost in translation once news comes sort of outside Barcelona and, and Catalonia and Spain. But um, the environment in Barcelona is very different from pretty much any other club in the world, which you know the, the football is everything in the city, and uh, everyone talks about it at every given point 
if you go to a bar, there's always to- someone talking about Messi. If you go in the streets, that's what people talk about. Obviously, a very touristic city, so people are wearing Messi's number 10. It used to be some people were wearing Neymar's 11, and they've changed it for Gerard Piquet 3. Yeah, no, they won't. They, that, that, they're probably going to burn them now. But um, they're going to have Gerard Piquet number threes and, and all that. So it is part of who we are as a culture and and as a as a group of people, as a community. So that is something that Valverde understands. Um, talking football, um, the 4-3-3 formation has been very successful traditionally and there is no reason to change it. It's just at this moment in time, speed is not there, so we need to accelerate transitions. Um, in terms of patience, moving the ball from the back line to the front, because um, we, we were privileged of having the MSN up front uh, with uh, Messi, Suarez and Neymar, obviously. Um, the midfield sort of lost importance gradually over the last two, three years, but that is a proposal, that is a philosophy we need to go back to in terms of touching the ball in the middle, collaborating and moving the ball forward as um, not as quickly, but as efficiently as we can. And uh, I think Valverde is the right man to move that forward. You sound confident in the manager then. Uh, what about the current squad? How essential is it that the club reinvest the money from the Neymar sale in Usman Dembele and potentially Felipe Coutinho? How much do Barcelona need these players if they are to succeed this season? I would say the front attacker, so the front left winger, is an essential. It's a necessity. We we have to. Uh, we've got Deo Lufeo, uh that has been playing there for a couple of games in preseason. He's okay, um, but he's got a lot of growth to do. Uh, let's not forget he was at Everton, and uh, while he was okay, he was never brilliant. He went on loan to Milan again, and he was better there. But you know, I don't think he's yet at this moment in time um, capable of starting and excelling at the level of Suarez and Neymar. You know, we've got Andri, Alexis Sanchez, Ibrahimovic, David Dilla, um, Samuel Leto playing that role in the past. I don't think Gerardo Lufeo is at that level. So we need someone of that world-class top five, top ten in the world caliber to come and, to come and do that. Um, Dembele seems to fit the bill, not necessarily because he's there yet, but the fact that he's 20 years old um, and has plenty of years ahead in order to improve uh, would be a great idea. Um, doing that alongside Messi and Suarez would definitely be um, a right move for him, which is why he's not training with Borussia Dortmund anymore in the hope of forcing a transfer out. So if we can get that, that signing, then I think we've got every chance of winning La Liga because, as I said, we're not that far. Um, La Liga, it's, you know, it's 38 games and rotation and squad depth plays a role in there but you know let's face it with uh, Paco Alcácer and say Digne and Andre Gomez and say Denis Suarez and Rafinha you could definitely be say 10, 12, 15 of the teams in La Liga and then with the rest of the squad whenever you know we're playing Sevilla or, or Madrid or Atletico that's definitely doable so La Liga without a doubt we can win La Copa same thing and then in Europe it's all about getting you know getting the players in the right frame of mind not just obviously mentally but physically as well when the major games come um, being focused on away games so that we don't have disastrous results as as we as we did in Paris last year or against Juventus last year and uh, if you can do that there's no reason that we can go all the way and win it because on a on a one to one basis on a given game for 90 minutes with our starting 11 if we add that piece at the front, we can beat anybody. So 
um, yeah, I think we should be challenging for all three titles again. Barcelona are going to win the treble. You heard it here first from Francesc Tomas from the Barcelona podcast. Francesc, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the front three. Thank you so much for joining us. Where can the listeners, where can the whole find more of you? Yes, if you go to thebarcelonapodcast.com, all our contacts are there. Uh, we publish on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, etc. Um, I also run blog.com and uh, on Twitter is at thebarcelonapod and all, all our details are there. So um, forward to having loads of you joining us here and uh, for yourself and your team. Thank you for having us and uh, keep, keep up the great work. Uh, we'll be collaborating and hopefully more in the future. Huge thanks once again to Francesc from the Barcelona podcast from coming on to the front three for this week's bonus podcast. As I said at the start of the show, guys, I do highly recommend you go and check out the Barcelona podcast. A must for any Barcelona fan and anyone with an interest in the club. That's it for this bonus podcast, guys. Let us know what you thought on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Adam Boltwood. You can also find the podcast at the front three. Do let us know your opinions on Barcelona, on the current situation that the club find themselves in. And let me know what you'd like to see covered in future bonus podcasts this season. As with the previous bonus podcast, it's an opportunity for us to get on different voices, different journalists, friends of the show who can give us some great opinions, some great insights. And we can get a little bit more in depth on some of the uh, the key topics and key issues in the game. So we're looking forward to bringing you loads more bonus podcasts over the course of the season. Remember, please do rate and review The Front Free on iTunes if you enjoyed. And we'll be seeing you on Monday for the weekend review, as always. Until then, have a bloody great weekend. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.